Hey everybody, I hope you had a fantastic Christmas and I'm sure some of you are still enjoying ongoing holiday celebrations. I thought about actually skipping this week and not putting out a podcast just because I know a lot of people are going to be busy and running around, including myself, but then I thought the whole point of this is consistency and really keeping myself on track as much as helping other people. So in the end, I decided I was actually going to put out my podcast, plus it will officially be my last podcast of 2018, and that's kind of exciting. I've had a lot of technical difficulties this morning, so this is my third time starting this podcast over. I had fighter jets flying over my house. I accidentally hit Control-Z and deleted my whole podcast, so I'm really hoping three times is the charm. I can't believe this is my fourth podcast already, and I have to say I am incredibly proud of myself for staying on top of this and even fighting through on days like today where I just kind of wanted to throw in the towel and go, you know what? Forget it. Forget this week. And I have a lot more amazing podcasts planned down the road for 2019 including collaboration with and interviewing some amazing people. If you are just jumping in for the first time to The Heart of Healing, I am your host, Amy Johnson, and thank you so much for tuning in. The past few weeks, I've just really been focusing on things that I think need to happen preemptively or at the very beginning of your healing journey. And those things involve opening yourself up to healing, and good things in the first place. And they've been huge struggles for me and huge hurdles for me in the past and things that I still work on very, very regularly. And I have a lot of growth to do in this area. So I think they're really important to cover because the more I talk about things, the more I connect with people on social media, the more I hear people say, oh my gosh, yes, I struggle with that too. So I think it's really important to start at the beginning the way that you would with any journey. Some of the things that I've covered in my last few podcasts have involved forgiveness and mainly forgiving yourself. That's a huge first step because I know it sounds cliche. I know everybody says it, but it's because it's true. If you can't forgive yourself, you can't feel deserving. And I know some people are like, if this is about healing from trauma that was done to you or happened to you, why do you need to forgive yourself? But I think a lot of us either as a result of how we were treated by our abusers, as a result of neglect, or as a result of unhealthy coping and just you know not being your best self to the people around you because how can you be your best self when you're trying to survive? Carry a lot of guilt around for things in our past. And even though we so deeply want to experience healing and we want to experience change and grow and be happy, we kind of subconsciously block ourselves off from it and self-sabotage like crazy because we don't feel deserving of it. Another thing that I talked about, which was last week, was just how trauma can be our normal and happiness is not our norm. And we need to practice mindfulness and a mindset shift to open ourselves up to allowing happiness into our lives. And also picking the right energy to surround ourselves with. 
In that regard, last week I was referring to the company we keep and the kind of people that we spend our time with. That's kind of the idea that I'm going to elaborate on today, and this is kind of an introductory to multiple podcasts to come on this topic. But today I want to talk to you about not just surrounding yourself with positive and uplifting people and good energy in the human world, but also your inanimate space around you. So tangible and non-tangible things in your life. These can be your routines, your home, your office, your finances, your disaster of a car, if your car is a disaster like mine tends to be sometimes, your computer desktop, just anything. I want to talk about how setting ourselves up for success is imperative to allowing us to be able to experience happiness and contentment and get out of survival mode and chaos mode. And this can be, out of all the things I've talked about so far, the most challenging thing to overcome for somebody who's been through trauma or abuse or had a very dysfunctional upbringing because chances are incredibly high we did not have any of these things successfully modeled for us. These are issues, to be 100% honest with you guys, that are so overwhelmingly hard for me personally. I can't even convey how much so and so hard to overcome. And if not for the help of my coach and my boyfriend and the piles of podcasts and self-help books that I listen to and read, I would not be able to chip away at or even contemplate begin changing these things. One of the biggest things I struggle with is what I refer to as paralysis procrastination. I think I made this up. I have no idea if it's an actual term, but it's the best way I can describe what happens to me when I get overwhelmed and I'm living in survival mode. I know there are different types of procrastinators out there, and I used to try to read books about it, and I would listen to podcasts, and I couldn't really pinpoint the exact thing that I felt. There are people who are called arousal procrastinators and they enjoy the rush of having to finish something or accomplish a task in a high pressure situation. And that didn't feel like me. There are people who procrastinate because they're lazy and they just don't feel like they want to do it. And that didn't feel like me. But in the world of those of us who are dealing with trauma brain, there is what I feel to be a very unique type of procrastination, and that's where I came up with the term paralysis procrastination. This is kind of a vicious cycle born out of feeling completely overwhelmed by your chaotic environment and situations and routines and bad habits, followed by the kind of conflicting need to accomplish certain tasks to be successful and to make money and just generally sustain your life. Imagine having a project to do. Let's say a proposal for an advertising client. There are two settings you can choose from to create your proposal. And each setting has a corresponding like studio office for you to work in. So you go into the first one and everything is in order. There is a beautiful, colorful inspiration board up on the wall, a brand new MacBook an essential oil diffuser to kind of set the creative mood. There are pencils and pens, stacks of paper, sketchbooks, colorful and orderly design books and magazines, couch and a little coffee table with a cup of tea, a cozy throw blanket. You get the picture, right? Rug, curtains, Pinterest, everything looks wonderful. You walk in, you take a deep breath, and you feel inspired and full of ideas and motivated 
and you sit down and you're able to prioritize your proposal and get it done and feel a sense of accomplishment. And then you leave and you move on to the next thing, right? Or brace yourself, this one is long, the second setting. You walk into the studio office, which is nothing like the first. There's a MacBook, but the screen has been damaged from dropping it and you didn't have the money to fix it. So it flickers annoyingly while you're working. There's a rattling sound in the background and you're freezing, which hinders your concentration because the furnace isn't working and needs to be repaired, but it just costs so much money. There are dirty dishes on the coffee table, stressing you out every time you look that way. You'd really like to sit down and have a cup of tea and brainstorm the proposal, but there isn't any tea because you legitimately cannot afford a box of tea and self-care is at the bottom of your list of priorities. You wish you had time to research this client a little more yesterday, but you were busy running around trying to scrape up money to get groceries and enough gas to make it to your next appointment. You know you have a magazine somewhere with ideas that you'd love to incorporate into this advertising proposal, but it's lost in the mess by the bookshelf. Sitting here, surrounded by all of this chaos, preoccupied by thoughts of paying your most basic bills and keeping a roof over your head and maintaining your sanity, all you can do is think what a huge failure you are because no ideas are coming to you, go figure. And you don't know what the hell you're doing in advertising, you can't even sit down and create a proposal. So you take a deep breath, turn off the computer and decide you're gonna try again the next day. Maybe you even think if I clean up this office a little, that will help me be more productive tomorrow. So you start to clean up the office, but guess what? All you can think to yourself is how you're getting behind on the proposal, which makes your heart race and your anxiety soar. And pretty soon you can't even focus on cleaning up the office. So you leave the office entirely and find a different project to work on that takes you away from the thing you know you need to be doing and the thing that will ultimately pay your bills but at least this other diversion gives you a small sense of accomplishment and just makes you feel like a normal person for a little while, but it doesn't serve the greater good. Tomorrow comes and you contemplate going back to create a proposal again, but now you're questioning your self-efficacy because yesterday was a total failure. You had no ideas whatsoever. Your mind was a blank. You know the office is still a disaster and you can't stand being in there because it stresses you out. And you know you need to work on that proposal, but just the mere thought of everything has your heart racing and your head spinning and you are so overwhelmed. So what do you do? Something entirely unrelated. Again, <laughs> maybe you go shopping and spend money that you literally need to live. Maybe you go out for a drink or too many drinks. Uh, maybe you go for a five mile run or you go hiking or write a poem. Whether it's something that is positive or negative activity, it's still unhealthy coping because it's avoidance. And then every day you feel a little more paralyzed by your overwhelming anxiety and fear and the fact that you're getting more and more behind and you think in the end, what business do you have even creating a proposal for something so out of your league? And eventually the window passes and you miss the job and you don't get the paycheck and you're stuck in survival mode again. And all you can think to yourself is, I don't deserve good things because I'm a huge screw up and I just let this opportunity pass. And you sit there completely confused as to how you were so incredibly excited and motivated for this game-changing opportunity just a few short days ago, and now you're back to square one. If the second setting sounds familiar to you, like it absolutely does to me, then I would say it is safe to describe yourself as someone living with either symptoms of PTSD 
or what we call trauma brain. It does not mean you are a loser. It does not mean you are a scatterbrain. It doesn't mean you have no talent or drive or that you're lazy. It means you are living in survival mode and your habits and settings around you are a reflection of that. Not to mention you probably grew up with adults who modeled this type of behavior for you. Abuse and poverty and neglect, you guys, is absolutely generational for so many reasons. And chances are, You didn't have proper budgeting modeled for you. You didn't have proper routines responsibly modeled for you because very often our abusers have a lot of dysfunction in their own lives. So not only were you never taught how to create order and functionality around you and how to successfully sustain yourself in the world, you're also attempting to do all of this on your own while living with PTSD and or unhealthy coping habits. Can I just take a minute to tell you, if you have made it this far in life, despite all of that, don't refer to yourself as a failure and don't talk down to yourself and tell yourself that you're not worthy of happiness and good things and success and healing because I used to do that, but I don't believe that to be true anymore. I believe I deserve those things. And I need to be reminded of it sometimes too. God help me, just two weeks ago, I cried on my boyfriend's shoulder because, and I mean literally on his shoulder, I was struggling with my self-worth. But if I'm worthy of it, you absolutely are worthy of it. So all of the things that contribute to this paralysis procrastination are things that I think need to be put in order and overcome at the very beginning of our healing journey because they're the things that are gonna prevent us from sticking with behaviors and habits that are needed to implement real change. As long as that paralysis procrastination mindset is going, you're not gonna regularly attend that support group or go to your therapist once a week or journal or like finish those self-help books, you know, that you know you should be reading but you never finish. And I am referring to myself when I say that. I've been so much better about it lately, which is awesome. This podcast has kind of held me accountable because I'm like, I need content and I need to be growing and learning to tell you guys how I'm growing and learning. I can't just be like, hey, so I binge watched Sex in the City. I cried and I ate, you know, key lime pie this week. That's not growth although sometimes it is needed. (laughs) So I think going into January, I want to continue to add on to this multi-part series about creating order around us and setting ourselves up for success, improving the energy around us and our tangible surroundings and our company and our habits to enable us to allow healing into our lives. I think it is the perfect way to start off the new year. I think that we can implement change at any point in our lives and I'm so proud of myself, you guys, that I actually started my podcast in December. That's a really challenging month to start anything, but I was challenged by someone named Taylor, who's actually a really phenomenal women's business coach, to make December really like kick some butt in my life and not to put off that change until January or tomorrow. But January does give you that clean slate, right? And sometimes a clean slate, even if it's just a psychological thing, is kind of a nice feeling. And it's a great place to start. And if you keep that accountability up and actually stick with something, you're gonna start seeing real change. But let me just reiterate again, The sticking with it and maintaining that momentum is where most people fall off the wagon when it comes to change. New Year's resolutions, all that good stuff, right? We're at that time of year where we see all those memes and everybody's cracking jokes about how New Year's is when everyone decides they're going to change all the negative things about their life and nobody sticks with it. But it's not because we don't want it. 
it's because we lose momentum and we lose the excitement and the newness wears off. And this is where I would tell you, join a Facebook group, join a mastermind group, hire a coach. If that's not in your finances, just challenge yourself to read some books, to journal, to listen to a podcast regularly. That's why I chose this route for my message, because I know that if something isn't simple, and it's self-care, I'm not gonna stick with it. And I think a podcast is literally the path of least resistance, right? You press a button, sit down, and someone talks to you. So maybe challenge yourself to listen to a podcast regularly. It doesn't have to be mine, whatever podcast you love, just to keep that mindset and that momentum because energy needs to be recharged, just like a battery, and we need to constantly refill ourselves back up. So. I'm challenging myself this year to stick with my podcast and to stick with my healing journey and to keep the momentum going. And I definitely want to challenge you guys to do the same thing because consistency and persistency are the two things that are going to create lasting change and healing. I know that I sometimes fall off the consistency bandwagon and then I tend to throw in the towel because I think, well, I screwed up. It's a total loss. It's like that diet mentality, right? When you're trying to lose weight and you binge on a piece of cake and you're like, well, screw it. Now I'm just going to eat the whole thing. As long as you're being persistent and you're getting back on the horse, you know, I grew up with horses, so that's the best reference I can think of. That's the thing that's going to create that change. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. And thank you to the handful of people who have jumped on board and have been supportive with this podcast thus far. It's really gotten me motivated to keep going and I really am so incredibly excited like almost jump on the bed excited about all the things that I'm planning to accomplish this year and the things that I already have put the wheels in motion for so I'm really excited to see you guys next week in 2019 and have an amazing new year's